That's my youngest son, Gabriel. And about three years ago, that was like the second tournament, wrestling tournament that he was ever, ever in. And that was actually the championship right there. And uh, man, I love wrestling. I wrestled for, for several years when I was younger, and I absolutely love wrestling. As you can tell, so does my wife. And uh, it's so funny to watch that because particularly at that point, um, she knew nothing about wrestling. I mean, that's probably like the f- sixth or seventh wrestling match she's ever seen in her life. And, and I'm glad they turned the volume down because there was, not in that one in particular, but there were some others where she is just yelling at the top of her lungs, pull his head off, grab his, <laughs> grab his, you know, grab his neck. And it's like, what, in, what are you talking about? You know, calm down, calm, calm down. But wrestling is just so... So, so exciting, okay? And uh, like I said, I, I absolutely love wrestling. About three or four weeks ago, I heard a sermon on this passage, Genesis chapter 32, and starting with verse 22, we're going to look at it in just a moment. But uh, I'm telling you, I'm at, I'm at my house, and I'm actually on the, watching this on the internet and man, my mind just starts going crazy, and I don't do that very often. Usually, I'm just going through passages of Scripture, but my mind just goes crazy. And I thought, that's exactly what I'm going to do at Mile Straight here in a couple of weeks. And so if you have your Bibles, Genesis chapter 32, we're going to look at a wrestling match this morning, a great wrestling match that's talked about in the, in the Scriptures in the Bible between a man by the name of Jacob and God, a wrestling match that takes place. I would say that there are a lot of people here this morning, whether you know it or not, you're wrestling with God, and you, you fall into two camps. One, you may be lost, not a follower of Christ, so the Holy Spirit of God is drawing you to Himself through the Holy Spirit, and so there's some tension. There's a wrestling match that's taking place there. But then on the other hand, and this is mainly who I'm talking to this morning, the church, the body of Christ, there are those here, you're wrestling with God for Maybe a variety of different reasons, choices, decisions that you need to make. Maybe you're not right with God. Your relationship with God is not where it should be, and so there's a wrestling match that's taking place there. Maybe you're burdened for someone you love, someone you care about. And so there's a wrestling place that's, taking, that's going on there between you and God and the, the why questions. And you, you may be thinking, now what exactly does it mean to wrestle with God? Well... God has a purpose and He has a plan for your life. And so wrestling with Him kind of looks like this. At least temporarily, we oppose His plan. We fight against His will. We battle, we wrestle for control is what we're looking for. But no matter how hard we fight against His plan, thinking that, our way might be, uh, might be better. His purpose, His plan will prevail. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. The problem is we can't see it. So therefore, we, we strive on our own to find meaning and purpose and happiness and life. And this, this is where the wrestling match takes place. This is where 
it all begins. And so look here, just to begin with verse 32, I mean chapter 32, verse 22. During the night, Jacob got up and took his two wives, his two servant wives, and his eleven sons, uh, and they crossed the river with them. And this is just kind of the starting point here, but there's some things that I want you to see here in regards to this wrestling match between Jacob and God that takes place. And in particular, I want you to see how it works out for Jacob because that's what's most important. Number one, when wrestling with God, something you need to keep in mind. There always in this wrestling match comes this point where you have to go back and deal with your past. Deal with past choices and decisions. When I say past, I'm talking last night, yesterday, a week, a week ago, a month ago, a year ago. In this case, 20 years ago, but there comes a point you have to go back and you have to deal with your past decisions and choices that you've made. As the story goes, and I didn't have time to read all of it, but 20 years before this, Jacob, along with his mom, came up with a plan to steal the birthright of his brother Esau, if you remember the story. And so, for the last 20 years, Jacob's been in hiding. Well, now he's going home, okay? He's, he's traveling back home. and Word's already been sent to Esau that he's coming. Angel of God reveals to Jacob that actually Esau's coming to meet him, bringing 400 men with him. And man, he eventually, as we often do, he, he assumes the worst. He starts playing all the worst case scenarios out in his mind. What to happen, what's about to take place. And so it says there in verse 22 that he divides up his family. And we'll get more into that in just a second. But he divides the family up trying to save some. He's there in this camp. So we'll see in a moment. He's alone. And this is, where, this is where the whole story takes place. And it is right here that he is forced to deal with his past, his, his sin. Your sins will find you out. You reap what you sow. We we talk about those things all the time. I talk about this with my kids. I talk about this with, with young adults because it's so easy in life. There was a country song years ago by David Lee Murphy, I think was his name, and I absolutely love the song. The song was about eventually you've got to go back down the road you leave behind. It's just the way the world turns. It's the, it's the sovereignty of God at work, if you will, and and it's so easy for young people to think they're, they're traveling this road, they're making some good decisions, bad decisions back here, burning bridges, but I'll never have to deal with those things again. And yet somehow in the sovereignty of God, the way that it turns eventually, you've got to go back down that road and deal with your past. And that is exactly what you see happening here in the life of Jacob. God's given him time. God has given him his space. And now Jacob's going back home. And keep in mind, there's no repentance. There's no remorse. He's the same old person that he was when he left. And so this is where the, the wrestling match begins. It's a critical time in life. It's a, it's a time often when God meets us. A time of crisis. And that's where he's at. Wrestling with God, dealing with the past. Something else that you see here as, you, as we'll read these verses is that this is something that happens alone with God. 
Wrestling is an individual sport. It's not a team effort. It's the reason a lot of people don't like it. Can't blame it on the quarterback or the, or the shortstop or the point guard. You either win, you lose. It's one-on-one. -on -one. All the pressure is on you alone out there on the mat. And that's exactly what you find here. I'm going to read verses 23 and 24. After taking them to the other side, he sent over all of his possessions. And this left Jacob all alone in the camp. And a man came and wrestled with him until dawn broke. So he goes through this whole hassle of dividing up his family. He's doing this for a reason. Keep that in mind now. He loves his family. And in his mind, he's trying to come up with a plan. I'll divide my family up and then maybe Esau, maybe this part will die, but the others will be saved. Okay? He's trying to come up with a plan. He's a man. He fixes things. It's what men do. We, we fix things. We come up with solutions. I've, I've never seen a better example of this than a couple of years ago I was in the ICU with one of my close friends, he and his wife. And their little boy, five-year-old, is laying there in the bed, brain aneurysm, on a ventilator. I watched as the doctors came in for the last time, and they, they give him these tests with these needles to see if there's any reaction whatsoever, and there wasn't. But I watched this all play out because the mom is on her knees beside the bed praying, and the dad is pacing the floor like I would have been, Wanting to do something and can't. Cannot fix the problem. Humanly speaking, Jacob's always been able to fix things up to this point. But he can't fix this problem. And he don't know what to do. And I would tell you this morning, that's exactly where God wants each and every one of us. Alone with God. And in a situation where we realize I cannot fix my problem. When we're in a group, we're much more hesitant to be open, honest. You even think in your prayer life. You're much more likely to be open and honest with God in your prayer closet than you possibly are in a group. He's alone with God, and this is where the wrestling match begins. And it talks about this man. Now, we want to be crystal clear about this before we go forward. Just who is this man? All right? Well, this man is Jesus. This is God in the flesh that he's wrestling with. I want you to think about a couple of things. First of all, he's alone, and then out of nowhere, this guy appears. Just a few minutes, you'll see some other things that we'll get to. The man touches his hip. It comes out of socket. The man changes his name, which was actually a picture of deity. He ends up blessing Jacob. And then in verse 28, he just comes right out and says, You've wrestled with God. God in human flesh. This is the Jesus before the resurrection, before the cross, before the manger. He is wrestling with Jesus. The Jesus in John chapter 1 that John talks about. Paul talks about Colossians chapter 1. The one who was in the beginning. The one who created all things and all things were created for. The one who walked with the three Hebrew boys in the fiery furnace. The one that appeared to Gideon, Elijah, and Joshua. Hope you get the picture. Okay, this is 
Jesus that he's referring to here. That's who he's wrestling with. Whatever you're struggling with this morning, it'll be settled alone in a wrestling match with Jesus. And nobody can fix your problems. There's not a person here this morning that can fix your problems. And by that, what I mean, yeah, sure, they can't fix your issues. But I mean, I'm talking even further than that. Just because your husband or your wife is not right with God or your children have strayed, you don't find your happiness and joy and satisfaction in them. They should not be able to rob us of our joy and happiness that we find in Christ. They will not fix our problems. Our problems will be solved with God alone. And understand something else in this wrestling match. You cannot win it. And most importantly, you don't want to win. This, this God that we're wrestling with, he's like, he's like 10 billion and O. Perfect, flawless record. And his will's best, always. There's some things that you get to see in the scripture here about what takes place during that night, during this... This wrestling match, you get to see the character, the heart of God. First thing that you get to see is the gentleness, kindness of God in this match. The Bible says that, as we read a moment ago, the man wrestled with Jacob until the breaking of day. What's that mean? All night. <laughs> he wrestles with him all night. God could have crushed him at any moment. And yet this wrestling match takes all not. This is the horrible example. Kind of a picture, okay? Um, my son Noah is 14, almost 15. About once a week we have to wrestle. Right? He's bound and determined. Eventually he's going to beat me, and I'm sure he will. But up to this point, I'm about 10 billion and O in this wrestling match. All right? But about three, about three or four months ago, I'm laying in the bed one night. Blankets are up to my neck, all right? I'm, my whole body's under there. And he comes around the corner mad about something. I don't know what it was. And he said, tonight is the night. And he dives on the bed. I'm pinned underneath the blankets. And he gets on top of me. And I maneuvered my way out from underneath that blanket. And I picked him up and body slammed him. And I just laid on top of him and watched television. And he is struggling, face turning red, blood vessels popping out of his head. He's mad. He's telling me I'm fat, and that's the reason he can't get me off of him. He's, he's saying all this stuff, you know. I kid you not. Just like that, everything changed. He goes, all right, I feel better. Get off. I rolled over. He gets up and walks out of the room. That's... It's not, it's kind of a picture of what's taking place here in this wrestling match. All right? Jacob's struggling, veins popping out of his neck, his forehead, and God in heaven just messing around with Jacob. But there's a point because he gently sways him around to his way of thinking. That's the point in all of this. 
unbelievable strength sways him around to his way of thinking. Something else that you see here is patience. Again, he could have crushed him. I mean, less than a second, but God is patient. The Bible says, slow to anger. I, I love... Uh, I love UFC fighting, okay? And so in the, to me, they're the best athletes in the world. But, but in the UFC, there's, guys lose. There's a variety of different ways. But one, you know, they get knocked out. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. Two, the, the ref stops the fight because the person can't defend themselves anymore. But three, and most important here, it's called submission. A guy can be losing his fifth round, one minute left. 24 minutes into the wrestling match, the guy has patiently throughout the fight waited for just one opportunity, one mistake. Finally it comes. And suddenly you find this guy that's winning in a naked rear choke hold or in an arm bar, and something happens. And, and it's what's here. It's what's happening here. The guy starts tapping. If not, he's going to sleep. And he starts tapping immediately. Jacob's stubborn. He's been wrestling all night long. He's saying, I'll never give in. God's up there. Oh yeah, you will. But this is what it's about. God could have crushed him at any moment. God is looking, if you will, for the task. I submit to your will. I can't win. I want your will to be done. That's the point of this. And the patience of God is unbelievable. When I talk about patience, I'd love to be able to have this type of patience with my, with my boys. And I don't. But I would love to have this type of patience. And by that, what I mean is this. I'm talking about patience where God is very likely over here in this loved one or this person's life working. God is working on their heart and mind. We can't see it. And it's not happening fast enough for us. So we want to fix it. We want to intervene. And yet God is working. We don't know the outcome. It's taking too long. God doesn't fear. Why? As we said a moment ago, He never loses. He has a purpose. He has a plan. And it will be accomplished. Philippians 1, 6. He who, he who has begun a good work in you will accomplish it. Then we also get to see here in verse 25 that eventually God stops the wrestling match. He, he resolves the issue. Look, if you will, verse 25. When the man saw that he would not win the match, he touched Jacob's hip, wrenched it out of socket. When Jesus realizes he's not going to prevail, and that's it's even hard for me to say. So, What does that mean? Jacob's not giving in. As we said a moment ago, he's not tapping, okay? So God touched his hip, and it came out of socket. I never had a clue until in the last couple of weeks I heard this. Never had a clue. But the hip is the... Hardest joint in the Bible, I mean, in the body, to get to come out of place. It's not something that just happens, unless you maybe already have a problem with it. It doesn't just happen. I mean, this takes a traumatic event 
pulling usually happens in some type of car accident, different things like that. Pulling, twisting at the same time, it takes a lot of power and it is excruciatingly painful. God touched him. Just touched him. The socket. Hip came out of socket. What happened right here is really important because the who's in control of your life question is now over. God is saying, I am. And God will get our attention. It's just a matter of what does it take? You got a limp for the rest of your life? I mean, he gets our attention. And understand, I always like to clarify this. I'm not saying that every time something bad happens, God's punishing you. Just go study the book of Job. That's it's pretty obvious. That's not what I'm saying. However, God will get your attention. And he always does. And you know how you know when, when he's resolved it and he stopped the wrestling match? And you get to see it here in the life of Jacob. It's pretty obvious. Number one, Jacob gives in. He's broken, and he has a change of attitude. It's always the way it works. Gives in, he's broken, change of attitude. One other thing you see here in verse 29. Please tell me your name, Jacob said. Why do you want to know my name, the man replied. And then he blessed Jacob there. Jacob asked for his name. What did Jesus do in the Gospels? Somebody would ask him a question. He'd turn around and ask him a question back. That's, that's what he does here. What's your name, Jesus? You know my name. Are you kidding? You've, you've wrestled with me all night. Throughout your entire life, every poor choice and decision you've ever made, I'm that presence looming there. I'm the reason you got a guilty conscience. And you're asking what my name is. You know who I am. And right there he blessed him. No lectures. No I told you so. About time you came around to my way of thinking. He blesses him on the spot right there. He loves Jacob just like he, just like he loves you. Just like he loves me. And God is simply saying, I've always, I have always had your best interest at heart. We all have our idols, sin, things, lust, jobs. We've, those things that we honestly are convinced will bring us happiness. Things that we are convinced are better than God. And yet what you see in this wrestling match that took all night long is it's almost like you see this patient God just slowly prying Jacob's hands off of this thing. One finger at a time. Slowly, patiently changing his mindset. And we, are, we see he has changed forever. Look, if you will, verse 26, going backwards here. But it says, Then the man said, Let me go, for the dawn is breaking. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. When his eyes are opened here, and he can finally see who this man is, he sees who his real need is. What are his real needs in life? He sees it. And it's like he's saying, I'm not letting go. 
Man, I've had a life of deceit and lies, and now I'm in contact with the one who brings peace and satisfaction. I'm not letting go. I need you. His blind eyes are open. He has the ability to see. Look at verse 27. What is your name? The man asked. And he replied, Jacob. There's, there's more to this than what meets the eye. He's dealt with his past. He sees his sin. Jesus asked Jacob, what is your name? you got to understand something. In the Bible times, names were given for a reason. It's not like today. It's cool. Sounds good. That's not why people gave names. They gave them for reasons. For instance, if someone named their child Levi, the hope was this guy will eventually be a part of the you know, priestly manner. That, that was the hope. That's probably why it was so discouraging. You had a guy, Jesus, walked up to a tax collector said, follow me, and his name was Levi. Really probably heard his parents that his name was Levi, and he's a tax collector. And yet God changed him and changed his name to Matthew. Because names were so important. And so a person's name described who they were. So when he asked, what is your name? He's not looking for Jacob here. He's asking, who are you? Or do you understand who you are? And the response is fabulous. He says, my name's Jacob. Now what's he saying? His name Jacob actually meant, I'm a cheat. I'm a cheater. That's, that's his response, I'm a cheater. First time in his life he spoke truth. I'm a cheater. I'm a liar. And the stubborn, stubborn sin that's followed him his entire life, he finally admits it, and the wrestling match is over. And we know that in verse 28, your name will no longer be called Jacob. The man told him, from now on, you'll be called Israel, because you have fought with God and with man, and you have won. Names no longer cheat. Your name now is Israel. You've wrestled with God and man and prevailed. You're like, prevailed? Are you kidding? I thought he lost. Yeah. And he won. He won. He gave in to the will of God. And this guy, he hobbled for the rest of his life. I'm sure there were times that was a little frustrating. But I can't help to believe there weren't other times when Jacob's hobbling around, a sharp pain shoots up through his hip, and he thinks, says, thank you, God, I lost that wrestling match. Thank you, God, I didn't win. Have you ever, uh, maybe are you in a wrestling match with God this morning? I don't know for what. Have you ever dealt with your, with your past? Things that you've taken care of, sought forgiveness of. Have you ever surrendered your life? Have you ever knelt, just bent the knee and declared Jesus Lord of your life? God, I see it. I see my need for you. Do you have a new name? You know, you don't... Uh, 
You don't have to be defined by your past. You can have a new name in in Christ. And I, I think that's the hope this morning for all of us here. We've surrendered our lives to Jesus. We, we realize who He is and what, what He is, what He's done for us, what He did for us on the cross, and we, we bow the knee to Him.